Okay, we're going to get back to the original question that we raised was, uh, what does it mean that stated by the Zohar that Hashem or HaKadosh Baruch Hu or the Lord desires the um, constantly. Because following this aspect of Jose Bichuva, you know, that one has come back to the fold and uh, one is now a totally religious person, you then kind of get the idea then, what does this mean being religious? What does it mean fulfilling the precepts? What does it mean following the commandments? Well, God wants me to do those things. God wants me to do those things. And because he commanded me, therefore I'll do him. I'll do these things. The Zohar is not of that opinion that what you do is for uh, for God. Because that would almost indicate like he was missing something. And then here I am and I'm going to fulfill the desires and wishes. So it's never that. In fact, everything that's mentioned in the Bible, in the Torah, is merely a cosmic code. Just to tell us and teach us how we can internally develop ourselves. Nothing more, and in fact, nothing less than that. However, as the Zohar understands Hashem, or the, or the Force is something of a positive nature because he lacks nothing and he, he absolutely lacks nothing. He's, he's all-embracing. He's the all-embracing unified whole. However, the fact that one does not have a, have a lack or one does not have a need does not mean that one cannot receive. And you know the the uh, illustration and example of the poor man with the rich man. The rich man who invites the poor man and then says, please eat. And the poor man says, I'm not hungry. Or even if I am hungry, who says I need your favor? And the rich man continues to plead with the poor man, please eat, please eat. Where he finally says, well, if it means that much to you, so much to you, I'll eat. So in turn... So you see, even with even with the force, with with the Lord, that's what he means. That there while he lacks nothing, that does not necessarily mean that we cannot share with someone who has no needs. There is no such thing as someone who cannot be a recipient of sharing. Even this poor man and the wealthy man. The wealthy man had no desires, no needs. He was fully taken care of, both physically and metaphysically and mentally. But that didn't preclude that he couldn't speak to this poor man. And as this poor man took a bite, every bite he took, he was imparting and sharing pleasure. This is what the Zohar means even with the Sadiqim. They crown. They crown. What do you mean they crown? Because the Creator created supposedly everything for our benefit. If we were to uh, desist, if we were to refuse his beneficence, while that wouldn't make a lack in the Creator, 
But nevertheless, the purpose of him creating everything he created was so that we we could participate in that sharing of his. And when we accept his sharing, in turn, we are creating a circle. The poor man with the rich man, the creator and his subjects. So it is the righteous person, who is a righteous person, who understands the necessity of not only receiving, not only of sharing, but that in every interaction there must be sharing and giving at the same time. At the same time. When that poor man was receiving and he was hungry and he needed the food, but at the same time that he was receiving, he was also sharing. When you have that kind of interaction, you then have a complete interaction. In fact, any interaction does, does not consist of both opposites, right? The poor man receiving, and now he's sharing. Could there be more opposites than sharing and receiving at the same time? To show us that in this universe, the paradox, the polarity is the reality. When someone says, I'm totally a sharing person, don't believe him. Because it does not contain the paradox of polarity. If someone says, I'm a selfish man, I'm totally involved only in me, and we have some people who say, look, I know I'm selfish, and this is the way I want to be. Also don't believe him. Because nothing can be in a reality provided you have both polarities operating at the same time and then you have re reality without both paradoxes of opposite and and uh, opposites of positive and negative working together you do not have re reality then what do you have you have illusion you have illusion you think that it's reality but it has nothing nor does it resemble any it does not resemble light because even in the bulb, without a positive pole and a negative pole, there would be no interaction between the positive pole and negative pole. When there is light, there is reality. But that reality comes because both are present. How do you make both present? By the aspect of restriction. By the aspect of balance. This is what the Zohar meant here. And why Hashem wanted the, the tefillot of... Uh, now, furthermore, You know, we, we think that it's important to have a beta knesset, to have people um, pray together in a beta knesset. Needless to say, how much money is spent on a Beta Knesset. Needless to say, how many arguments and fights emerge from a Beta Knesset. Needless to say, how little decorum there is in a Beta Knesset. And the fundamental reason for the Beta Knesset has all but practically been lost. The reason for the Beta Knesset is not that it provides me with a place to pray. I can pray at home. In fact, I find it very difficult personally to pray in a better Knesset other than the one we pray right here. 
I find it very difficult. And I must admit that if I can't pray with a minyan right here, I, I would pray by myself because of the negative vibrations and so forth. But Rabbi Shimon gives us the reason why there is a beta knesset in the first place because of tefillat rabim, because of the interaction. And yet in a Beta Knesset, everybody wants to close out everybody else. Everyone wants to be whatever he wants to be. And he has lost the essential ingredient of what a Beta Knesset is all about. That's to bring people into one unified whole. And if anything, the Beta Knesset has created arguments to the extent that people don't talk to each other. How could that have emerged from a Beta Knesset? Therefore, Rabbi Shimon says that filah of a rabim is more important than any other form of tefillah because he is assuming that the makom tefillah, the place of a tefillah, is to bring people together. Not a place where each one can display his ego or where the women can put on their fashion show or other aspects that provide the me. That make me the center of attraction rather than each one should cancel out his individuality and create a rabim. And that's the aspect of minyan. Why do you need a minyan? You need 10 people. So if you read the books, you know why we need a minyan. Because you bring together the 10 forces that exist in this universe. 10 forces referred to as the 10 spirot. And each individual is represented by a force. And so the, the, this Beta Knesset brings together. It's a room. It does not have to be something fancy. It's a place where there will be a one unified whole of ten separate pieces or individuals. And if that's not what the Beta Knesset is all about, then it's not a Beta Knesset. Therefore, he says that and when you have that kind of tefillah, then it reaches and connects with the energy force of Hashem. If you do not have that kind of Beta Knesset, forget it. Don't even go to Beta Knesset. Don't even pray there. Unless you have an aspect of one unified whole, you have a Beta Knesset devoid of people devoid of energy, devoid of anything. And it does not go up to Hashem. And this is the kind of tefillah he wants. Why does he want this kind of tefillah? Because these ten people are making the vessel. You know, when, when, do I have, when do I share? When there's somebody there taking it. If these ten people become one unified vessel, and they are going to take because they're asking, we're asking for health, we ask for all the things that he wants to share more than we want to receive. But if there is no vessel, then how can he achieve the satisfaction of sharing with us? There was no one to share, because a Beta Knesset that does not have a one unified whole concept is not a Beta Knesset. It did not create the kind of vessel that he meaning the creator, the creator meaning the one who wants to share with us health, serenity, tranquility, everything that we personally need. He wants to share with us. But where is the vessel that it can become manifest? Therefore, this kind of tefillah, if it's 
manifested within a Bet uh, Knesset where there is a Rabim, then it absolutely reaches the uh, the Hashem. And it says again in that uh, ver- verse 25, chapter 32, he wrestled with him ad alota shacha until the morning star rose. And the Zohar says, Sha'az mimshalto avra v'chalfa v'kachu la'atid lavo because he left. He had to leave with alota shacha. We're talking about cosmic energy intelligences. What does it have to do with alota shacha? So the Zohar says, because alota shacha, that is the time when the sun begins to rise. Now, why is again the sun rising? Not because of its position with the earth. Sun never rises. It never sets, and it never rises. But insofar as we're concerned, there is an appearance, or maybe even an illusion. But it is not an illusion. Why is it now dark here in New York, whereas in California, or maybe in the Philippines, it's light, right? So the sun is shining, but here, right here, when nightfall sets, there is a new cosmic sholet, a new cosmic ruler. And this cosmic ruler of negativity, as we discussed before, reigns until Alotashacha. Now we have a timetable. That's what the Bible is about. That's what the Torah wants to teach us. It's wonderful to be doing your thing even on the spiritual path. But as strong as you can be in your internalization, as much as you study, as much as you do all of the good things, if you're not aware of the timetable, if you're not aware of the cosmic forces all around us, then that doesn't mean that you can possibly or necessarily rule. There are timetables. Morning means one thing. Afternoon means another. That's what the Bible is telling us because he didn't have to tell us that he left them Adalota Shacha. What's the difference? He, there was a battle. Yaakov won. Why does it have to say Adalota Shacha until Alota Shacha? And from that we learn the Halacha that when are you permitted to put on tefillin? The male. Alota shacha. Why alota shacha? Why at that point? Why not some other point? Because as the tefillin represent the connection to the power of chesed, of sharing, you can't pray at the wrong time. In other words, if another cosmic event or force is is now in control, but I want to pray. And that's why we say Kabbalistic meditation takes in one aspect. This is what I meant to tell you before. That they ha- we have the other, other, there are other forms of meditation, of prayer. But what is so significant, I don't say it's better or worse, but it also takes into account not only the 12 signs of the zodiac, because different months have different kinds of influences. Now, if I cannot direct myself to connecting with those different kind of influences, it can't be the same meditation for Aries as it would be for Libra. There are different forces around. How can I pray, you know, the same way? 
There's got to be another kind of prayer that will direct to the particular forces that are that are around, that I must either rule, I must either do away with, but it can't be the same kind of meditation. Therefore, Kabbalistically speaking, there is a meditation, a different meditation for every sign of the zodiac. There is another kind of meditation for the uh, the three periods in the daytime, uh, during a 24-hour period. There's also a different prayer for Pesach. Because it's a, what is Pesach? Another cosmic event taking place that we can connect, that we should be in a position to be aware of. Therefore, it says, he said, the, this Malcha said, Shalcheni Allah Shacha. Send me away. Send me away. Why did he want to be sent away? Because Yaakov had taken control, total control, and it was all over with. It was all over with. Why did Yaakov send him away? If he now overpowered evil, the sour of evil, meaning the seed, the DNA structure of all evil and negativity in the world, and he controlled him. So he says, send me away. Why should he send him away? Finish the job. It'd make it easy for us. But that's the reason he had to send them away. He says, because if you did not send me away, if you did not send me away, if you took control at this period during the evening until Alot Shacha, then what about all those souls that have to come back and must have free choice, right, of doing good and evil? If there was no more evil in the world, then where would be free will and determination? All those souls that have to come back for their tikkun that didn't come back yet could not do their tikkun because the only time you can do tikkun is when you're living in the mud. If you're living only in in that spiritual frame of reference and it's beautiful, nobody's bothering you and it's it's just great. You just straight you're connected with Hashem. You can't move nowhere. There could be not be any tikkun. And that's why he said, send me away. But what we learn here, what we learn here is that we can take control and that negative force no longer will rule over us. Because it says, Because you can tell him if you know how. And we have it now. That's why the, why did the capitalists get up in the morning, in the middle of the night, I'm sorry, after 12 o'clock. Until Alota Shacha, that's the time the Kabbalist would learn. Why? He knew the timetable. Not that he's a religious man, not that he's a pious man. He's a smart man. He knows when the force, that cosmic force, is here. Take me. Connect with me. That's what the Kabbalist did. He was smart. The most purified time in the in the day cosmos of twenty four hours is from twelve until and therefore he would make connections. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, at the time of the rising of the morning star, that's a very particular moment. In other words, you then have uh, the uh, the uh, sun, sunrise, which comes 72 minutes later. That's midnight till dawn. Midnight till dawn. That's right. Midnight till dawn. He would he gets up in the middle of the night. He connects with that period called 
the outer space connection is the Iran pin. Why? Because he's connecting, he's instilling within himself Kavan Sa'i, the central column force. What is the central column force? The balance. If you have internal balance, again, the Zohar assures us, we've learned that before, if you have internal balance, there is nothing in this world that you would ever have to blame for and say, ah, he caused me, that caused me, this is why it happened. It'll never happen to begin with. It'll never happen to begin with. And that's why the, the Malach said, let me, li- let me leave. If, you, if, you, if I re- remain under your domination, then there would be no reason for anybody. Isn't this also the uh, progress of a human being going into this thing, the various stages that he goes in when he first is way up here, and then he, he first he goes through the struggle within himself, and finally he goes wet into the spiritual world, and then he says, okay, now i got to start coming down. Is it also if, you, if, you don't, if you don't deal with the mud... But there are these stages that we that's go right. through when, when that's we right. go towards, uh, when that's we go right. the path of going towards... You've always got to deal with it. You always got to come back to it because mm-hmm. you don't grow in a, uh, uh, up that spiritual ladder. I'm talking also about the timetable of the human being. First this, then this, then this, then right. this. So there's definitely a timetable that we go through right. within ourselves. I mean, it's not, it's not a month or a year. Or that timetable, briefly stated, is your prior lifetime. Mm-hmm. In other words, at this stage of the game, you did this. Mm-hmm. All right, you overcome that. Now that you've overcome that, you go now on to the next area of purification or tikkun. But don't you also recapitulate in this life what you've done before and then go on? A quick recapitulation? It's always the same thing, except... No, I'm talking about what you've had in your past life. Before you go on, don't you go through in consciousness a completely... You go through the whole thing again. And then start over. That's right. That's right. Now I understand. If you're regressed, right. All right. Are you saying that you only go up the trip through pain? You're saying you got to go in the mud. That pain, that yes. point where you can uh, continue to go. I, I don't want to use the word pain, but if you ha- if you want to use the word pain, okay. Like I would say it's opportunity. I mean, I, I give the illustration that every time I have a I have a, I have a serious toothache, right? Yeah. yeah. You can look at this pain over. Oh, uh, I said, give me some more. What an opportunity this is. Let me taste the mud a little. All day I sit and write. Who bothers me? Nobody. Give me a little more. Unfortunately, the pain goes away. What can I do? I, I wanted more of it. And the more I wanted, the more it left. What could I do? I had no choice, you know. Use a little steel You may regret that. You may regret it. But actually, as you balance it... It sounds great on the surface, right? But you may regret it. And as you go towards balancing it, then it's not painful. It's just, of course not. It's just the other half. That's right. It's really not pain. It's just That's right. an illusion, too. That's right. And if it's even known just an illusion, why not take advantage of it? If you can grow with that kind of illusion, then why not take advantage of it? First of all... The moment you say, pain, get like like my friend here just said, take it away from me, right? Usually doesn't even happen. So the first thing when you say, get rid of it, get rid of it, you're getting so involved with that pain, you're really feeling it. But you see, that's even more painful than when I said, give me more. I almost forgot that I had it because I'm already asking for that out there, right? 
I'm not even addressing myself to the pain I've got. So that's even a, a pretty smart way of dealing with it, right? Right? If it, if it can go away by saying go away, I agree with you. The best way is say go away and it goes away. But usually it doesn't go away like that. When? Oh no. It, unfortunately, it goes away. The pain. You don't, you don't, you get it, I know you It's actually more painful when you're trying to get rid of it. You're addressing yourself to the pain. You know, it's like I, one of our students here, you know, the temporary relief, right? What's all the advertisements about? Exactly. Temporary relief. You've conditioned yourself, ah, I feel great now. You know what you said? You only want it now. But you wanted to come back again, didn't you say that? <laughs> the moment you said temporarily, what did you say? Let it be temporary. So what do you want? So it came back. Did you ask for it? It came back. But if the signs would say permanent, but they can't say permanently because there's nothing on the market there gives you permanent relief, unfortunately. So all they can do is tell you, get sick again. <laughs> is that true? Right. We face this every day. Actually, the resistance to the pain that's painful. The resistance. Yeah, of course. They're addressing themselves to pain. It's almost as if they want it. Mm -hmm. Who pays so much attention to something they don't want? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. So you're, paying, you're addressing yourself to it. But if you're addressing yourself to something outside of yourself, say, give me some more of it. You're forgetting about what you got. Now you want more. And it goes away that way, generally speaking. Try it. It's Try like it. You might like it. What's that? Two positive forces, pain and pain. It's got to go away. It cancels out each other. Right. Okay. Well, it is mathematics. It is mathematics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That's right. Yeah. No. No. Minus times minus makes. Yes, of course. It also two 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 pluses also make a plus. So minus make. But two pluses also make a plus. Minus is make a plus. Yeah, of course. In this case, the positive force. Right. Force make a plus. Okay. So the pain is the. Right. Okay then. Right here too, it tells us a story. I mean, I can only say I really didn't have the pleasure of tasting a sirloin steak uh -huh. but I'm told that it's delicious it is just as good what an illusion I've been under all these years thinking I was missing something what yeah it's just as good oh I feel so much I feel so much you oh what a relief what a relief but in any event we have a story what's that it must have been a temporary <laughs> All right, here it says, right here in, in chapter 32, and when the sun came up, he found that he was limping. He had obviously struck, struck him, you know, the, uh, the, uh, this negative energy force struck him, and he was limping. Al-Kain lo yochlu b'nei Yisrael et gid and from here we get this new precept, new, new commandment, that poor Yaakov, who wrestled with this evil, negative angel force, 
And because he captured him, when I say captured him, it means he struck him down. He caused pain. He was limping. We are not permitted to eat that vein, that sinew, right, that is is located in the part that is referred to as the Surlan section, and even to this very day. And the Zohar goes on to say, You're not supposed to even have any pleasure whatsoever. In other words, if you had that kind of steak, you're not permitted to sell it to derive any any monetary benefit. And even to give it to a dog, to to uh, you know your dog who can eat non-kosher. This gidanashir, this you know, this vein, right, the sciatica nerve, as it is referred to, is not even permitted to be shared with your dog. The limping of a man can be associated with the vein of a cow. Ah. Oh. Beautiful. I asked the same question. I asked it even more than that. Because Yaakov suffered, therefore I've got to give away my sirloin steak. Right? I mean, he has a problem. He wrestled and he, and, you know, but what about me? I mean, why can't I enjoy it? I didn't have a problem. Right? What's that? Rabbi Shimon was a wise man, right? Anyway, and he says you're not even permitted to give it to a dog. And Rabbi Shimon says, Why is it called Gidanashe? Why is it called, you know, the Gidanashe in Hebrew? Again, uh, without delving into the power of the alabet, but we know in Hebrew specifically, which was, of course, the language that was used to construct, you know, that 70,000 sky, skyscraper in the Tower of Babel period, you know, which we can't even duplicate today, right? Was the maximum 107 feet. The power of the alabet, right? They knew how to use the alabet to construct that building. So, therefore, each word in the Torah, each reference, when they apply the Hebrew letters or the Hebrew word, has very special significance. So, therefore, when the Zohar says, Why does the uh, Torah refer to this sciatic nerve as the Gid, Gid, meaning vein or nerve, Hanasheh, and he answers, Kloma. Gid shuhu menashe dahin madiach me bnei adam me avodat boram v'sham rovetz hayetzahara. In other words, this gid anashe. Why is it called gid menashe? Because it has a power, a specific power, to make people do things. That would take them away from Avodat Boram, from the service of their creator, the sciatic nerve. Okay? I'm going to keep you honest. What's that? I'm going to keep you honest. So <laughs> right, right. And there is where this negative energy intelligence, uh, is, is his abode is located there. And it steers people off 
a course of whatever course they might be. And he continues. Because the the uh, this angel, this force, was wrestling with Yaakov. There was no place. There was no place that he could that he found an entrance. You know, like like on a battlefield, the the general will look for the weak spot where they can thrust forward. You know, you always look for the weakest point in the enemy where you can find your way to get through to him. He could not find any part in Yaakov where he could overcome him. Kikol Evarai Gufo Azroli Yaakov. Because every part of the body which contains an energy intelligence, because we know today this table, this table is not something which is inanimate, domem, no such thing. 99% there's so much activity of atoms going on, so much movement in this table, to the extent of 99%, right? 99% of this table is what? Atoms. You know how atoms move? They're always in motion. So 99%, the illusion, is says that this table doesn't move. Same thing with every part of the body. Has an energy intelligence. If there are 248 evarim, joints or limbs, each one has its own energy intelligence. There's activity going on all day. And the one who is Bishlemut, the one who is complete within himself, then he rules and he brings together all of these forces and these forces work to cure you, to help you, assist you. So here, by Yaakov, every one of his Evarim, his limbs and joints, came to the assistance of Yaakov. There was no weakness. Things that steer us off course, these things that make us forget things, these things that make us unhappy, these things that provide us with everything that is negative about everything around us, is the klipa. And if you can find the place within us, that's where he will get. But with Yaakov, he found no place. Masa, what do you do? In other words, what is that sciatic nerve? It's not just a sciatic nerve because Yaakov suffered, therefore I can't enjoy a sirloin steak. No, because that, that sciatic nerve, that sciatic nerve, is exactly is exactly a duplication of a totality of an embodiment of negative energy in other words within everyone's body whether it's human whether it's animal that part is the place whereby you have min bimino they can come together there is an affinity it finds its place through the line of this body, through the line of the cow. How can it connect with this cow? Through something that it has an affinity with. What is the affinity? The sciatic nerve. The sciatic nerve. The sciatic nerve. That's right. And so what, why was there a connection? So why did we go there after? 
Why didn't he go there first? Why did he go there first? Right. Good question. Mm. Good question. The 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 angel. I mean, first here he's wrestling. It says before he wrestled with him until the morning, right? But it says at that moment that he saw he couldn't get him anywhere else. Then he got him there, right there. Why should he? Wait? Why didn't he go right there? That was no challenge. Probably that he wanted to get all of He didn't want to get him. Okay. What about that's free good. will? She but, has the answer. What? He wants to get all of them, not just one little spot. Yeah, he was greedy. He was greedy. That's right. That's right. And as a last resort, since he couldn't make any other contact, he would make the only contact that he knew that he could make. And that was in the seven. Pregnant women have a lot of pain, a lot of trouble yeah. because it's hiding there for the baby. You know, people who have uh, headaches and pain, uh, uh, rheumatism. Yeah. Right, this kind of ongoing, constant pain has to do with the sciatic nerve. Something that's ongoing. Where is the sciatic nerve? Where is it located? In in the back. Right on the side. What's that? It starts all along the leg. On the back of the leg, right. all the way down now the, to the end. That's right. That's the place. That's the affinity. That's why it's called in Hebrew Gid Hanashe. Yeah. One. One. Only one. Only one or there's no, there's one. As far as I know, there's one. It's mostly It is in each leg. I thought so too. But in the animal, I'm not, I mean, I'm not that familiar. Of the animal. So it would be both. That's the That's right. Did you get him in both legs or one leg? Now it says, no, no, you see, it seems from the Zohar, he, 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 he didn't say, I, I would say, it, you know, if it's both there, it didn't say specifically. It says because, I take a kaf yerach, it looked like it was just one. It's one side. I thought because it, from the Torah it appears that it was just one side. Only one side of the on the left side of the of the animal. The right side. Right side is okay. Oh really? You know that? Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. I'm sure. Yes. Because when we're going to the butcher. They always call that left side we don't want to eat, the right side is okay. You sure about it? I'm sure. That's very interesting. Yes. Yes. What's that? The hind quarter. That's right. The right side? Well, I, I, I'm not that familiar. Yes. Well, I guess it doesn't taste as good. Right? Yeah, it would taste better, you know, with this negative energy intelligence. That's where. I, I would assume that. Yeah, a good one. A good one. Right. But it wouldn't be the left uh, hind quarter. Is it possible that the wrestling was also connected with Yaakov's free will? Um, okay, what does it mean wrestling here? The, the English translation is wrestling. But again, uh, I always say it's, it's unfortunate that we, for so long, we permitted the English translations to corrupt the Hebrew would it be a conflict? Would that be a better word? Conflict. It's not even conflict. It was much deeper than that because it comes from the word avak. Which means avak. There are two. There, there is dust, and then there is dust. But there are two kinds of dust. You have dust of the earth, 
And then you have dust when you burn a piece of paper. You also have dust. Ashes. The dust, ashes, right? Avak means ashes. What, what, what does it internally mean? Afar can, can produce something. I mean, because of the dust of the earth, right? You have trees growing from that. From, if you burn a piece of paper, you can have nothing that can ever, there can't be any continuity. So when it says, he was trying to cancel him out totally. Wrestling. I mean, so he was fighting. You know, I, are we discussing here a, a physical battle? Or you wrestle, we also say you wrestle in the mind, right? But it was more than that. He was making an attempt to cancel him out. As from the word avak, which there would be no continuity. When it would be ash, it would be death. In other words, trying to kill. That's right. That's right. And what would death have meant? Death would have meant a complete overcome, overcoming of the dark lord, right, and his empire over the forces of good. This is what it was all about, right? And George Lucas was not the originator of Star Wars because here you're talking about Star Wars right here intelligences but goes beyond those physical planes you're talking about forces forces traveling at warp time warp time is not even the proper word for it how far fast can you travel to, to the Philippines right now how long will it take you By my, with your mind oh my mind yeah faster than warp time is that right that's right, and that's and that is true. That's right, that's right. It would you would be there before you even had a chance to say you were there. That's right. This is what we're really talking about. But the trouble is that we are so convinced that our minds are worthless. We'd like to think we're the smartest people in the world. Not, I mean, or we are the smartest kingdom in the world, and yet look how we are so. Negative about ourselves that you need computers, calculators, because we can't do nothing by ourselves, right? And yet, the Torah here is demonstrating the power which was only in the mind, only in the mind, which was consciousness. That's all it's talking about throughout the entire Torah. Unfortunately, the English translations or the other translations are therefore a corruption because it doesn't mean wrestling at all. I bet there must be another Hebrew word for wrestling. What is the word for wrestling? What? Half good. Half That's wrestling. That's wrestling. Is that the word for wrestling in Hebrew? Okay. All right. They took the same correction, but it does not mean here. Avak means to cancel them out. It means the end. It means that there is no continuity. It's finished. That's right. But death without continuity, because you can have death with continuity. Death and resurrection, can't we resurrect That's right. That's right. That's why you know there is no cremation, incidentally. Okay? That's right. Uh, did I disturb you with that? No, no. <laughs> anyway, that, that's, that's why. <laughs> but this is the reason why there is no cremation. Because if if there's a possibility that this body is going to be resurrected through cremation, there is no continuity. It's avak. It, it's totally lifeless. That's total death. But uh, that's right. Of the body. Of the body. Yes. The statement yes. Um, is 
impossible to destruct. What's that? I've seen even more than that. I, I, I've seen a body that was cremated, and there, there was no such thing as pieces of bone are left. Pieces of bone are left. Even in the cremation? Even in the cremation. It's incredible. Yeah. That's supposed to be where the resurrection comes in, that bone. Yeah. Right. Right. That's because that does not even disintegrate in the in the cavern. That's right. Yes. The the luz. The luz. The the bone. That is that is the connection. Well, no, no. The 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 luz we're talking about is not the not the. There's the one at the base of the spine, and there is one at the base of the skull. One for the spirit. One. That's correct. Oh, That's right. Oh, you like that one. Yeah. All right. No, no. Then there is the bone that is at the bottom of the uh, shedra. But that 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 is there also, but not in a not in a physical sense. This literally physically is never. Uh, no, it's a no. There's a bone there at the bottom. Okay, okay. It's a masana where the tail was. So the scientists say. The caustic, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Right. There are some people who have a hole in that. Which one? Yes. When you say a hole, an indent, or you mean a hole? Well, I don't know. X ray shows it like a hole. Okay. All right. Literally, yeah. Because actually, that does disintegrate, but. What we we discussed about what the Ari once said. That's why you can't even interpret this that he was limping. We can't say he was limping. What? What is Ari? Oh, Rabbi Zakluria. Rabbi Zakluria. I bet he comes from Tzfat, but he never knew that Rabbi Zakluria uh, lived in. Uh, is buried in Sfat. I didn't read the rest of your books, but. Uh, <laughs> but no, but you come from Israel, right? You never heard of Rabbi Zakluria. Incredible, right? right? Yes. Really, really. Isn't that something? Imagine those, uh, those, uh, those, uh, those Nagdim really did a good job, didn't they? Huh? Did a good job. Huh? You and all the professors. Well, anyway, I I, 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 I want to finish another part, and I don't want to get. I, I'd have to spend too much time on that. But I just want to say that uh, Rabbi Isaac Luria says that you know, a person uh, who's Chas v'Shalom lost the norm, right? In the age of Aquarius. Should that arm be restored? Yeah. Why doesn't it grow back? Yeah. The hair grows back. The nails grow back. Why doesn't the arm grow back? Like a starfish. What's the difference? Yeah. But we also know that anyone who has chas v'sholem lost an arm, they call it the phantom arm, he knows the arm is there. He can feel it. What's that? The astral arm. That's right. It's there. He feels it. But physically it's not there. So we know that 99%, the reality... The Ze'iram pin of it, of course, is there. What's not there? What's still missing? Same thing of atoms here. Are here. But here it has that 1% called wood, which reveals it. But it's there. It's the same atoms here that are there. But you need that malchut, as we call it, the butts, the mud, 
that physicality, the illusionary physicality, which reveals what a paradox, right? The illusion reveals the reality. That's right. That's crazy, but that's 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 the existence as it appears to us. Now that arm, that arm, in the age of Aquarius, through certain meditations, is going to come back. The one percent will come back. That bottom there, whereas the upper, the upper bone, the upper bone will does not disintegrate. In even in the uh, in the keva, whereas that does because that's that's part of malchut. This is still part of the of the uh, rosh. That's what although that's why it's got a hole there. I mean, it, it, for the purpose that it's gonna it's gonna disintegrate. Whereas this does not disintegrate. This bone in the back of the the you know the tip of the skull does not disintegrate. All right. One question, Mr. Were they physically fighting the two men, or was it a totally internal consciousness struggle? Okay. I guess I should deal with that too. Were they physically fighting? At this stage, obviously not, because it says he was fighting with a malach. Now we know that a malach is something of a, of a um, of a consciousness or of a of a um, uh, of a immortal being which is not in a physical body so obviously we could not be discussing here uh, 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 the physical wrangling and wrestling between two physical people however this force this malach meaning a force that is not in, uh, uh, enclosed within a physical corporeal body, still and all could wrestle and 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 wrestle with uh, the physical Yaakov and cause that physical limping of Yaakov. So it's no contradiction, right? Right. It's uh, psychosomatic. Yeah, it's both. Uh, well, take uh, that's exactly what I wanted to say. To the extent, to the extent that the that the uh, the medical world maybe is coming to the realization that everything, not only most things, are psychosomatic, but everything is psychosomatic. What is he saying? In effect, he's just saying that what causes that physical cancer? That metaphysical because the minute he says psychosomatic he's talking about a non-physical entity is causing what cancer uh, what do you mean how could the non-material the immaterial the metaphysical how could it create physical cancer but they haven't resolved it yet but they come to that point and that's why they say happy people you will never find people who are happy with cancer that's a rule what does that have to do with it? Stress. Stress is the main cause of cancer. It eats away. He's eating himself away. That like, like he wants to get rid of the pain. How do I get rid of the pain? He's eating himself up alive. Get more pain. He's not eating. <laughs> is he eating himself away? Is he eating away at it? Of course not. It's only logical, isn't it? So we know what we're going to do the next time we have pain, right? You know, there's this time uh, that you go to sleep and you have a dream that you've been fighting with somebody. You get up in the morning, you really have a pain in your that's leg. Right. Wow. That's right. That's so right. Sure. Really sure. This is this is really what. So he's not covering only one area of the. He's covering every area that it ultimately became manifest on a physical level. That's why. Why do we refrain from eating the uh, the uh, sciatic nerve in the animal? 
I mean, on a physical level, let's say I want to cancel out with my meditation. I'll cancel them out. I can't cancel them out. Because as above, so below. As above, so below. Things, you know, as they appear on that metaphysical level, as they appear in a stress form on a metaphysical level, so will they become manifest on a physical level. As that arm is there, that phantom arm is there, 99% of reality, so it should become manifest on a physical level. But in that phantom arm, there is something wrong. There is something lacking that cannot, as the nails or the hair, create a rebirth, a rejuvenation of that which was there. Only in these two aspects. We even know why only in these two aspects. I won't go into that right now. Well, okay? You know, I think a very good analogy would be H2O being water as ice. If let's say that the ice has impurities in it. Then you melt the and then you melt the ice down. It would be water. Water and ice look different, but there's still be impurities in it. That's right. But they would not go, disappear. And then, right, and then as you go further, the same thing as you, as you uh, get steam molecules out of the sulfur until you get to this very pure state. That all the that as above so below, but it doesn't look the same as you say. It doesn't. There's an illusion yes. that it's not the same. But it is the same, but we don't that's perceive right. it as. That's right. Well, how, how could this fellow feel he's got the arm there when we all perceive that there is no arm? Mm -hmm. And yet he says, I know the arm is there. He's the only one who says that the arm is there, incidentally. It doesn't look like an arm. That's right. Well, that's, that's why we say the, the, in this world, 99% is reality. And on the contrary, uncertainty principle tells us what? If it's real, if it's physical, it's probably not true. But as you say, 100 from 100 is 100% is true. And, and, okay. Right, right. All right. Now, he goes even further to say, And now he's saying this to the extent that they are, according to the uh, Talmud and the, and the Kabbalah, how many, how many, um, how many limbs are there? Now, I don't know the correct word because uh, some may not understand it. But let's say I'm talking about this finger. You see this finger? It has, it has three. One, two, three. Okay? And so we'll say it's joints. If everybody understands that as joints. Okay? There are 248 sections of these in the body. 248. Not 249. Not 247. And therefore, there are 248 mitzvot commandments. So they say these are the precepts that we must, as a Jew, or an Orthodox Jew, must conform with, must abide. But these are only vehicles by which we can strengthen each and every intelligence of each and every single one. That's why we recite the Kriyat Shema, which is supposed to be a very important prayer. The Kriyat Shema, the reading of the prayer of Shema Yisrael. The re what makes it so important? Because it's for me it's important. Not that I proclaim Hashem is only one. Wow! This makes it the greatest prayer in the world. Why? Because I declare Hashem is one. Nothing to do with that. Again, a corruption. It is a device through this cosmic code called the Torah 
that provides me with 248 words, that these 248 words, each one of them connect with a particular limb in the body, and so I can infuse it in case through my negative activity I've diminished, you know, the strength, I'm drained, got no... I'm tired and all this. I want I want to re- get a recharge. How do you get a recharge? Only a battery? What about a, an individual? How can he? The Kriya Shema is so vital because it gives me that recharge. That's the reason for reading the Kriya Shema. But you've also got to concentrate with the meditation. You've got to know that this is the purpose. Or not, you've dialed, picked up the receiver, and you're not talking. You're using something and not taking advantage of it. All right? So the Zohar says that that's why they're 248, to, to constantly, to constantly rejuvenate this internal essence of the 248 limbs. Now, Therefore, there are 365 precepts. Right? You know, the 613 mitzvot. So as an Orthodox Jew, you know, they've got to keep 613 precepts. Again, this idea that, you know, there's religion. There is no such thing as religion. Not a religion. The arteries and veins of the life system, the interaction between everything and everything is what? Not the limb. See, arteries and veins. They... If I, if I can't have an interaction and everyone assisting and everybody helping the other, then how can I have one unified whole if everything is by and within itself a fragmented aspect of this one unified whole? How do I bring it all together? So, there are 365, and these 365 do nots, which means what? Do not says... Do not kill. What does it mean? A form of restriction. Central column. The balancing agent. I need I need the power, as we I discussed with someone else before. Well, many many of the uh, roads to spirituality, including Kabbalah, speak of love. Okay, so you you want to love, but I just don't like this individual. It could be a prior incarnation that almost coerces me into hating him. And it's overwhelming, it's overpowering. Now what do you do? I internalize, as much as I internalize, I can't get myself to come to grips with loving this fellow. Right? So it says in the Torah, do not hate. Do not hate. Well, that's great. I mean, the Torah says, do not steal, do not murder. I mean, look at the world. It hasn't done much for the world. The world continues to hate. The world continues to... But these two, 365 do-nots requires a meditation. Therefore, if you do everything by rote, because this is the way God wants me to do it, sure, we'll have a continuation. Of, two, of another 2,000 years of destruction and the Holocaust. Nothing is going to change. You know, like I always like to repeat the Israelis saying, well, what? How are things? Yetov. It's going to be good. And I always ask them, on what basis? 2,000 years of destruction, tomorrow it's going to be good? 
I mean, you've got to be an idiot to, to answer tomorrow is going to be good. For one. Absolutely. I'll smack mom, but he, he can, you know, he has this eternal faith. He's a strong believer. What anyway, about hating the person? What's that? What about not hating the person? Therefore, therefore, on each and every single one of these precepts, there is a meditation that has to go along with it. Has to go along with it. That meditation, that meditation is that which will, was that's the internal energy of that precept. Thou shalt not hate, but I, I, I do, I do hate him. I, he's done so, he's wronged me so, and everybody agrees he's wronged me so. Now I've got to have it within my heart to forgive him, and I, but I haven't got the strength to come up with that kind of forgiveness. But on each and every single precept, there is a meditation on how you can achieve. That's why he's written a Rasha Ruach HaKodesh, you know, the how to connect with negative forces in case this thing is so overwhelming. I, I guess most of us here aren't going to walk out of this room with a desire to murder. Yet there are people in this world who for no reason are sadistic and will murder. That doesn't make me a better person because I don't have this internal feeling of murder. Does that make me better than the one who does? How does he overcome it? I may have something that I can't overcome, and everybody has something that they can't overcome. How do you overcome it? By being told don't, 2,000 years hasn't kind of brought us to that conclusion, don't. Don't has not been sufficient. Don't has not made people not steal. Don't, all of these moral and ethics mentioned in the Torah has not been practically successful. Has not. So what is there to do? So therefore the Ari created in his Shara Kavanot a meditation for each and every single precept that can assist you in overcoming this, this problem that I have. And that's what Vayishlach is all about. Okay. Do you have the book? Are you selling perhaps on the Kabbalistic meditations?